1967, a female whooping crane named Tex was hatched at the San Antonio Zoo. Normal zoo protocol with birds that imprint is to leave hatchlings with their parents, but Tex had life-threatening health problems and needed to be cared for by humans. At the time, there were only 109 whooping cranes left in the entire world, most in captivity. The survival of each one was important, but even more important, if the species was to be pulled from the brink of extinction, was ensuring that every possible individual was reproducing. Researchers hoped against hope that Tex would figure out that she was a whooping crane, not a person, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service transferred her to the USGS Patuxent Center, putting some of the top crane biologists on her case. Even though they could not get her to accept a crane mate, they tried artificial insemination. But without her performing the crane courtship dances with a bird she'd forged to pair bond with, she simply could not ovulate. She wanted a mate who looked like one of the people who raised her. That's what imprinting is. Species that imprint become fixated on how the birds raising them looked and moved and vocalized, and that becomes their standard for what they need in a mate. The old song, I want a gal just like the gal that married dear old dad, could have been written by an imprinted bird. Two young college graduates, George Archibald and Ron Sowie, started the International Crane Foundation in 1973, their goal to help all 15 of the world's crane species. They had no track record. But when Archibald came up with an idea for getting an imprinted crane to breed by setting himself up as Texas mate and artificially inseminating her with crane semen, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, at their wit's end, decided it was worth a try and transferred her to the Crane Foundation just before the season when cranes get romantic in spring 1976. George set up a desk and cot alongside Texas' enclosure and stayed with her pretty much 24-7 to establish a pair bond with her, including flapping his arms and jumping in as close an approximation of the whooping crane dance as a human being can muster. Although Tex bonded with Archibald, not much happened that year. But in 1977, following the same protocol, Tex laid her first egg. Tragically, it was infertile. Year after year, they tried and failed to help Tex produce a chick. Finally, in 1982, when she was 15, she laid a fertile egg. Crane Foundation staff named him G. Wiz. This was such thrilling international news that George Archibald was invited to appear on The Tonight Show on June 23rd, when G. Wiz was three weeks old. But late the night before his appearance, not long after he'd flown from Wisconsin to California, raccoons broke into the pens at the Crane Foundation and killed Tex. I was close friends with Ron Sowie, co-founder of the Crane Foundation, and that fall when he was invited to speak at Hawk Ridge, he stayed with Russ and me, so I got to hear firsthand just how devastated everyone was about it.
Like his mother Tex as a chick, Gee Whiz needed a lot of tender loving care. Unlike his mother, he did not end up all that enamored of humans and was fiercely territorial regarding his enclosure and his mate. Most of the crane handlers at the International Crane Foundation dreaded working with him because he knew just where to bite and inflict the most pain. He had a mate, Oobleck, but fathered over his long life a total of at least 178 whooping cranes thanks to artificial insemination projects. As of 2018, nine of Gee Whiz's offspring were still alive in captivity and 29 in the wild, some breeding in Wisconsin. Gee Whiz died on February 24th at the ripe old age of 38. I suspect even the crane handlers are missing him. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.